W-B-N-E. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. If you love this show and you want to support it, the best way to do so is to go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and sign up for one of the fantastic reward tiers we have over there. Patreon is an awesome voluntary service where you can donate to your favorite creators and help them continue to create the thing that they love. And we use Patreon to make this show the best that it can be. We would love to see you support us there, and there's some amazing rewards. Uh, so head on over there and check out what we have to offer. Again, that's patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're going on an adventure. Or maybe we're just having a few people over for dinner. So chip the glasses and crack the plates. And steal the one ring. Because today we're bringing you... The Hobbit, colon, an unexpected journey. The ring wasn't stolen. He just found it. The ring wasn't stolen. Ask Gollum. Ask literally. Well, literally? In, the first, in the first edition, I I want I need to find the 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 first edition or something and read what was originally written because Tolkien retconned himself in later publications of The Hobbit. Wow. Sure, but we're talking about the movie. We're talking here. about the movie. Anyway, the movie. But he still didn't steal it. It clearly dropped I mean, on the floor and yeah, he and took then, it. And then Gollum was like, "Hey, that's Finders mine." And keepers. he was like, "Ain't no, it's not." Finders Ain't no, keepers. Time. It's time. The answer is time. Uh, this movie was directed by Peter Jackson, released wow. December 14th, 2012, which is 3,154 days ago. It had somewhere between a $200 million and $350 million budget and made $1.017 billion at the box office. Got a 64% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, an 83% audience rating, and a 58 on Metacritic. Tyler, before we get into this lovely, lovely, lovely movie, do you have a positive critical review for me? I bet you read me a negative critical review, Ethan. I've got a negative review here from Jay Hoberman of the New York Review of Books, who says there is a good deal to be said about Peter Jackson's long awaited and exceedingly long adaptation of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. Most of it is bad. Yikes. Yikes. I Let keep forgetting y'all do video. I, I keep having to remind myself. Let me myself. find you a positive review. I got one here for uh, a negative review here for Peter Rayner, the Christian Science Monitor. Peter Rayner, a wow, great uh, a, a friend of ours here on the show who says, my first thought in watching The Hobbit was, do we really need this movie? It was my last thought, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mike Did he Massey. die shortly after? That? <laughs> no, Peter Rayner's still with us. Uh, Mike Massey from Gone with the Twins acclaimed literature and 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 art avant-garde art uh blog it sounds like uh gives gives this a nine out of ten when it comes to the fantasy genre it really doesn't get more epic than this on my birthday 2020 december 1st nine out of ten mike massey from gone with the twins Oh, I got a great one here from Richard Propes of the IndependentCritic.com who says, this is a film for true true Tolkien connoisseurs. Two out of four. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Do you we're, joined this you, week, we're joined this week. Hold on. by the Real quick. We're joined this week by none other than Tolkien expert, comedian, best friend of the show. None of those first things are w &A true. podcast creator, Mary Clay. One Watt. of those things is true. Uh, <laughs> you decide. <laughs> we're playing Watt. two truths and a lie here. 
Well, TikTok sensation. <laughs> <laughs> the TikTok sensation that's that talking the nation. My growth on TikTok came to a like stunning halt. Uh, approximately, I don't know, six, six months ago, maybe seven months ago. I, I just, I don't know what it is. I just don't get followers anymore. I've stayed at the same amount of followers now. That's I it. Don't know I what the number was, but you hit like 16.2 or something. And I was like, it's like 16.2,000. And I was like, this is unacceptable. I must have a larger TikTok. And I like made it my mission for like three weeks to be like, I will pass Mary Clay on TikTok. And then I have nary posted since then i have posted i was gonna say not, yeah let me see yeah what, what's your follower i have 524 well done ethan total <laughs> ty car 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 18,200 likes oh wow so you literally got to exactly right past like where you wanted to pass me and then you just stopped because <laughs> yeah, you have 16.5 like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you decided you're like Okay, that's done. Hey, you do it. You do edit. Um, um, Sam Jones. We were just talking. One about time, him. I oh, posted a comment oh, no, on playing. a video about Bo Burnham and John Mulaney, and twenty-two thousand people saw the need to like it. Um, oh, I I've, have things I've, that I've, I've commented think... like over a year ago that still get. I get likes on that likes every every hour. Oh my god! To this day, oh. and it was two oh months ago. This is my theory regarding comments that blow up on TikTok. I actually think it's fake. I I do not believe that people like comments on TikTok. Uh, I have a I positive like review. I have a positive listener review here from Irina Rodriguez in the Discord who says, "100 out of 100. I love all things Lord of the Rings. They just bring happiness into my life." Yeah, and I replied, and I was like, "You are a severely optimistic person." And that's beautiful. And I've got that a this meh. brings you that much joy. I've got a negative review here from Claire, the Claire of New York. 60 out of 100. They did their best. Still not good. Yeah, fair. Mary Clay, zero out of 100 for The Hobbit colon, an unexpected journey. Um, so here's the problem is that I've been watching this movie a lot over the last week. <laughs> and these movies, rewatch value is not great. So I'm trying not to let the fact that I've seen a lot of this movie recently play into that. Um, I will go, I'll go with a 75, which I think is going to be the highest I will rate these movies. I think, I think anyone's ratings of, of these movies will be the highest for the first one. Um, yeah, I'll go with a 75 because it's, it's a, it's a movie. <laughs> I watched it. I, I have seen to, it. <laughs> I was about to say like, oh, it's a delightful movie. It's delightful in some parts. And then I was be, about to be like, and I liked it. I liked it in some parts. Um, but I'll, I'll give it a 75 in that like, it's a decent movie. It's a decent story. I think had it, I think had you watched it without re reading The Hobbit beforehand and like no, or even knowing that like, hey, this is based on a book that's supposed to be 200 pages. I think you would, the way that it ends is satisfying enough of an ending that like, yeah, that feels like a complete ending of a story while also setting up the next one. Whereas I can't necessarily say, say the same thing about how Desolation of Smaug ends. So yeah, it's okay. The end. <laughs> Tyler, zero out of 100 for The Hobbit, colon, so Mary, an unexpected Mary journey. Goes at, a, at a 75. That was actually my gut answer, but I'm not going to go with my gut because they say you should never go with your gut. You should go with cold, hard mathematics. Uh, they do say that. This no, regards, they don't. This is in regards to a calculus final, the AP calculus exam, um, which I would say this movie is equivalent to. 
Um, I would seven, rather take a calculus exam than rewatch this, honestly. Wow. wow. That's rough. Wow. The derivative. It would certainly, hey, guys, I've never taken calculus. It would certainly take me less time. That That's is the true. Truth. <laughs> uh, and I'd come out with about as many right answers, honestly. 72. Okay. Did you, did you just say 72 because you didn't want to be the same answer as me? Uh, no, I didn't. When you said 75, I was like, mm, I got to think about my answer now. But it's not that I didn't want to be the same answer as you. It's that I I, I wanted 72. And Ethan, okay. you said 59. 59. This movie sucks. Uh, disagree. I could not you have... finish this movie. Like, well, I, I hope you finished it. I did finish I did finish it. But normally, <laughs> normally what I try to do before I come on the show, if at all possible, is sit down around like five o'clock and watch the movie we're about to watch all the way through. That was impossible with this movie. Uh, we watched the, the first 45 minutes for your podcast that is uh, came out today. Um, yeah, listeners, if you're listening to this, go listen to that. That came out this past Tuesday. And I was like, you know what, I'm Ethan? This about. is your favorite part of that movie. Just rewatch that. And then he got it got into the, the beginning, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And so I fast forwarded 45 minutes in uh, and opened TikTok. Legitimately, yes. I could not. I couldn't stop looking at my phone. <laughs> I couldn't stop getting up and doing other things. This movie sucks. I just so disagree. I really I don't like think it. see, I don't think it sucks. We will get there in two weeks. But I I still think it was a decent movie. I think there have been far worse movies created and far like harder movies to sit through and watch the complete. I have I have been far more entertained by worse movies. I will say this. I've been far more entertained by worse movies, but this is where I'll come in and say this movie has something that others don't. Martin Freeman as Bilbo Baggins is a fantastic casting, fantastic character, well-written by Tolkien, well-written by Peter Jackson, and Sir Ian McKellen as Gandalf is fantastic casting, fantastic character. I understand the scripts are not good. The set pieces are not good, but you still have these fantastic actors playing these fantastic characters. And you're taking what was like, I, I think what Peter Jackson ran into was like, I need to raise the stakes of the Hobbit to make it like Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a clear shortcoming of these films, but you cannot escape the moments where Peter Jackson was like, but the Hobbit is pretty silly. And like those silly moments, I really think do land well. Yeah, I agree. As long as you allow them to. Yeah. Yeah, I love the silly moments. If the whole movie was silly moments, it would have been great. I think it would have been better. Yeah, like watching it tonight, I am watching the like climactic battle scene and I'm thinking like, does this compare at all to the climactic battle scene in Fellowship of the Ring where Boromir is a human target practice? No, not really. And like, does it compare to... Uh, Mary and Pippin getting, you know, everyone getting taken off and Frodo and Sam going, you know, off on their own little journey by themselves as definitely, definitely friends and no romantic interests at all not between them. Lovers. Not, not a single. <laughs> and, and no, it does like, it doesn't compare. It doesn't carry that same weight and gravitas. And Peter Jackson, I think, tried his darndest to get it to be like that and just with the material the source material being like it was you just can't do that you just can't do that well and i think you know, you've got a real snow white and the seven dwarfs situation here where you have more like 13 hey! right but you have 13 like pretty 
12, I guess, pretty one-dimensional characters. And then Thor and Oakenshield and Bilbo and Gandalf. So you have like three Snow Whites and then just so much weight into these little one-dimensional characters that like, I don't dislike when they're making little comments and doing little cracking jokes and all that stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, we're having fun. But yeah, it's definitely not the same as like, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs certainly does not comp compare to uh, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, which is honestly what we're comparing this to. <laughs> The Every the, step of the way. The problem is just that Tolkien wrote the, the story to have 13 dwarves. At, like, the fact that there are so many dwarves is what makes it silly and funny. Uh, because it's like, oh my god, there's so many of them. It's hard to keep track of. And, like, that's right. that's the bit. And you can't have that be a bit for three two and a half hour movies, you know? And so like when you put them on screen, it's like, oh no, we have to well, if it isn't the the consequences of my own actions, like we actually have to deal with this now. Right. And how are you going to pay? Like, how are you going to get 13 people to be like, yeah, I'll play a main character who has a line? I think, I think if so, I think if like some your agent came to you and was like, hey. We have a role for you. It's the Hobbit trilogy directed by Peter Jackson. You'd be like, hell yeah, sign me up. I will I mean, gladly come on board. Unless you're Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> and be, because he had no business being in the trilogy and he knew that. He knew that. Oh, wait, have you guys. Oh, wait, no, I'm never, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna shut up. Um. <laughs> So here's here's what I was. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll come back to this in two weeks. Here's what I was going to propose. We were talking about um, about Martin Freeman being the the shining point of every yes. time that Martin Freeman does or says anything in this movie is just a shining point of the movie. I was going to vote that we were in our bacon and eggs metric. We replace the Rotten Tomatoes audience score with the percentage of the movie for which Bilbo Baggins is on screen. <laughs> problem is Rotten Tomatoes audience score is currently being replaced by Mary Clay Watt. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, we can replace Metacritic. Ha. It's okay. You can replace my Anyway, Bilbo's in this movie, shockingly, percent. for 73% of the movie. It's a, well, it is, he is the main character. So I he think is that the Hobbit. I think that my... my <laughs> he is the Hobbit in question. <laughs> I think that my 59 out of 73 tracks extremely <laughs> hard. I liked... I liked 59 of the 73% that Bilbo was in this movie. I like the Thorn Oak and Shield thing. I like that narrative. I like, you know, I like, I love dwarves. I love hobbits as characters. I love the concept of them. I love what Tolkien created there. Uh, I always have. People know this about me. I don't know why. I cheer for the little guy, you know? Literally the little guy. The Tyler little loves the, the, short fictional character like like the, like the small character like the half size even if i have to characters. deal with like the bad guys like if i'm like this is a true story if i'm like a dungeon master and i'm writing a dnd like homebrew campaign they're not just like normal size pirates they're goblin pirates who are like two feet tall because hey well goblin pirates hey <laughs> hey don't don't what rip if, off my goblin voice <laughs> what if the troll no but what if the trolls spoke like that in this movie over the goblins That's actually, I, I do want to make a point i really like the voices for a lot of the bad guys here were like i did the too big, the big bad uh orc guy not the white orc but the other well, one it with the who are you talking about so I was, I was I was thinking about that watching it today. The large, I think they're supposed to be goblins. The Goblin um, King. Or yeah, whatever. the Goblin King. I like. I him. love his. Voice. I believe in the book that is supposed to be a Azog or Azog. Yeah, and oh. and he dies in that. 
like in the subsequent battle that happens like in the forest or in the tunnels, he dies. Yeah. And his son goes on to like fight Thorin and everyone in the Battle of Farm, uh, Five Armies in the book. But like, it sure. did, like today, just wa- watching it now, I'm like, wait a minute, this like, f- this large comical goblin who is not void. What's, what's the Pixar dude whose name is John? John Ratzenberger. Yes. It sounds like it, the voice actor for the Goblin King sounds like him if he was, if he was English. But yeah. And instead they made Azog a different character because they needed a big final Which battle d- at the end of this movie. And I, it would have been fine. No, would've, it, I don't think it would have. Honestly, I think this movie no, would have wor- been fine. I think it would have been worse if the end of this movie was, and they got attacked by wars. Sorry, Again! not Again! The- <laughs> that is For the end a of second this movie. time. And you know what? You know what happens at the end of this movie, guys? You know what happens no, in this movie? The eagles save them. Boy, I can't. Uh, you're going to. Okay, but, but like, but like, but like, you know, that happens. Tolkien, Tolkien wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Our man Jert wrote the Eagles saving the day, not once, not twice, three thrice times. Four thrice if you the count Eagles. them saving uh, Gandalf when he was captured by Saruman. He wrote so so when everyone makes fun, uh, which like I didn't, I didn't fully like understand or appreciate the joke of everyone being like, well, the largest plot hole in the Lord of the Rings series is why couldn't the Eagles take them? I don't, I didn't fully appreciate like kind of the inside jokingness of that until I finished the Hobbit where I'm like, you mean to tell me the Eagles come into this book, this 200 page book, not once, but twice. (laughs) I actually would like to, I would briefly like to touch on book length. I came here prepared to riot over the fact that this was split into three movies. And I'll tell you this. I really was. Because I uh, so much stuff happens in this, the first of three movies, that I was like, surely that has to be 75% of the book, right? Because like from the time no. that they meet Smoke to the end of the book is nothing, right? It's 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 30 pages. The Battle of Five Armies is a page. Yeah. You know, like, but, but... I have shocking news to bring you. Yeah, it's chapter four. The end of this book occurs on page 104 of 276. You mean the, the end of this movie? Yeah, the end of this movie comes on page 104 What is of that? No, that's not chapter four. That's um, chapter five. It's chapter six. Oh, man, I was close. Whatever. Chapter six. It happens on page 104 276. Out of the frying pan that's and right into the fire. right around a third. Yeah, they turns out. So, Net, have you guys seen the other two yet? I have never seen the third one. I've okay. never and seen, and I the haven't third seen one. the second one in in so an age, so funny, a dog's age. I had our wonderful friend Casey Winters on for a chapter discussion, and he said he's never seen the third one, and I was like really surprised by that. I was like, really, Casey? Like you haven't seen all of the movies, and like how do you how do you go see the first two and not see the third one? But having seen the third one, I get it. Yeah, Casey simply <laughs> just does not, not worth pres- it. He does not put himself in the position to be disappointed by things. Yeah. I, he just won't do it. I get I it. Just, I just, I just, here's my thing. How bad can it possibly be? That's what I, so, okay, I, I need to, I keep needing, then again, this is, this is not my podcast. This is your podcast. So I can say whatever I, even though I can say it's whatever true. I want on my podcast too. I'm before already you, Hold on, fine, before you launch what? into this tirade, because- I'm not going to stop you once you start. I do want to say one thing for the listeners here. Um, Listeners, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 3rd of August. Okay, this will come out on Tuesday or Thursday, the 5th of August. 
if you're going to watch a movie with your time here in the next couple days, just go see Jungle Cruise. It's better than this. And I asked you guys, I asked you guys last week, I was like, are you really not going to cover Jungle Cruise? Hey, you know what? It turns out Jungle Cruise. I mean, look, Jungle Cruise. It seems right up y'all's alley. It's like a, Jungle Cruise is a bad movie, right? But it is extremely entertaining. <laughs> it's um, my it's my second favorite based on a Disney theme park ride. Behind Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, above oh, Haunted man. Mansion. I should have said there's this TikTok of a girl and it's like POV, you're at a you're like at a party with a girl who can you hear Only those talks about Pirates of the Caribbean? Stupid. No, yeah. specifically Dead Man's Chest. It was like yeah. POV, you're at a party with a girl whose favorite movie is Dead Man's Chest. And it's just all these different shots of her being like, so it's called the Dead Man's Chest because his heart, it's like a, it's like a treasure chest, but his living heart is inside. And then it's, and then she's like, <laughs> it's like Romeo and Juliet meets, I don't know, some other movie. And she just, it's a full minute. And I'm just like, I would vibe with this girl so hard at a party. She gets it because Dead Man's Chest is I the think, worst of the three. Is the best of the three. The worst, the worst of, the three. of the three. It's the my third favorite. Best of the five. And we've talked about this. Before, I haven't seen so we won't four get or five. Into it. So, but um, um, I want to. I want to caveat the next the 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 start of this episode and the next two weeks with I gave Tyler and Ethan many opportunities to not have to cover The Hobbit on this podcast, and they're like really sick of me bringing this up. But I'm bringing it up because like. I genuinely feel bad about the fact that you this this dub this terrible trilogy is taking up three weeks worth of your I, of your podcast so when you could I be covering you, Jungle Cruise. I bet you anything we can still cover Jungle Cruise, right? It's it's on Disney Plus. I think it's fine. I think. Look, there's I I don't foresee a future in which I do not like Desolation of Smog better than this for this specific reason. They did my boy Gandalf. 30 in this movie, okay? Gandalf well, hang on. Gandalf in the first 100 pages of The Hobbit, the book, is a fucking monster, okay? Gandalf comes in and it's just like, goblins? What goblins? No, smite with lightning. And instead he's like, ha ha, I'm gonna shine a bright light at you. And the Goblin King is gonna be like, heard it, I'm the Goblin King. You guys don't wanna die by any chance, do you? They took my the they took my boy Gandalf and 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 for the second time in his career threw his entire character off off a fucking cliff. I don't hang hang on. We gotta we gotta rewind. Dirty. Walk me walk me close. So you're mad because Gandalf comes in with a giant flash of which. Again, we know nothing about his magic and what he can do and like why is that whatever. Why why can he why can he emit this like immense beam of light but then in because he's a the next monster. scene No, no, but in the next scene he has to like blow little sparks on his staff just to get the pine cone to light on fire rather than just like because lighting a fire. Magic like why does that not work? Fuel. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it's not walk Harry me, Potter. It's not an endless yeah. power source. Walk me, walk me back here, Ethan. So you're upset because Gandalf came in with a giant beam of light when they were in Goblin Town, and in like it was like whoosh, and that's what you're. How does that do him? I'm confused. because in the book he just smites them. Oh yeah, like there's I no, think that would have been too violent. It's, yeah, but, well, and, and they needed banter, right? They needed 30 minutes of goblin fighting and yeah. banter. Yeah, I know. 
And in the book, it's just like, oh, and the door of the cave opens and the goblins are dust. Gandalf Thanos them out of the park. They did my yeah. guy Gandalf dirty in this movie. They made Ian McKellen say some dumb shit in this movie. I love that they made him say some dumb stuff in this movie. What dumb stuff does he say? I don't know. The whole second half <laughs> I don't of the, know. Gandalf okay, in the whole right. second half of this movie, I couldn't I couldn't deal with. There's no way I do not because they're gonna I know that I know they're gonna add a bunch of crap to smog because he's in the he's in the book for 30 seconds. You know, the whole the whole smog thing happens in 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 four oh, pages. I'm aware. No, I'm aware. And, and like he, he is introduced on page 225 God. of 276. Uh so at any time Benedict Cumberbatch does anything, it's fantastic. So I know, I know I'm going to like Desolation Smog more. Do you know um, that um, the Necromancer is also voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch? Is he? Yeah. This is what I know about the Necromancer. That's Sauron. Yes. It's also definitely Slenderman. Like it's, I also, it's I could have, it's Slenderman. I could have lived without Radagascar, the, okay, the so brown here's, here's entirely. The thing, and this will be a big moment for y'all especially. So hate Radagast the brown. Absolutely. 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 And Give I, me Usador the blue. Hate it, hate it, hate, hate it. They don't have rights to that. Um, Wizard Tolkien, of the twelfth realm of Ephesius. If Tolkien was alive to listen to listen to Hello Master from the Magic of Light Tavern, and Shadow, I think he would love it. I think he would think it's the funniest thing in the world. The elves know me um, as Fiangelic. <laughs> so. Radagast, he comes the dwarves in, know me as Zonin completely dismantles the entire plot. And, and I am and, known in the north as Gasmoinius Maystar. And meanwhile, makes us care about this random hedgehog. Uh, like, for some reason, we care immensely about the livelihood of this random hedgehog in the forest. Anyway. Well, and it's the it's the weirdest cut to a flashback ever, right? Because Gandalf is just like, oh, That's I think it, yes. Radagast is a great, or not a, a flashback, well, no, like it's a not side a cut. Flash, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. A side cut, but whatever. It's like, it's very forced. He's like Radagast be, was a great wizard. What are you talking about? And, and then, then it, we and then we smash cut to Radagast being like, "What happened to my dear little hedgehog?" Well, I think that's that's the joke oh, is no. that Bill. I love the way that Bilbo Can't freezes that too. Pompadour, but we can give you this guy. He goes. He goes. I'll come back to that in a second. Yeah, Bilbo goes. Um, is Radagast a great wizard or is he more like you? Yeah. And I think that's so sick funny. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that he didn't mean for it to be a sick burn because in his mind, you know, Gandalf is just this like your friendly neighborhood wizard who comes to vi- to make your life a nightmare and do fireworks. Yeah. And so, your friendly when, neighborhood and fireworks so Gandalf, Gandalf is clearly trying to be like a mom, you know, complimenting her, her kid who like, is not good at soccer or something. And it's like, well, you, you went out there and tried your best. I thought you did great, sweetie. What is, what is it that Gandalf says to Theoden? Like, do you mistake me for some mundane conjurer of cheap tricks or whatever? Maybe that's like, what that's Radagast exactly what, is. That's exactly what Bilbo thinks Gandalf anyway, is though. Yeah. So yeah, we cut to Radagast and it's like a good, it could have just been like one or two minutes of showing like no, another like wizard. Ex- you know, minutes. It's very long. So this is where, it's a big revelation. If this is what Tom Bombadil would have been like in Fellowship of the Ring, then I take back what I said, what I say about Tom Bombadil. Been, so let movie. me get this straight. I So I read The Hobbit earlier this year. I don't remember Radagast. He's being, not in it. He's not in he's, it. He's not in it. Okay. That's what I no. thought. Tyler, this book of, is 276 Tyler, of God's pages. A lot of this, a lot of these movies is not in the Hobbit, which is how I want. So, which is how I wonder 
where the heck did they pull all of these random side plots about like the witch king ghost coming back to life? And so is this is hold on. Where I did they pull that from, or did they just from, completely make it up? From you, the Tolkien scholar, I was Not. under the impression that like layperson like me and Ethan would be like. I've read The Hobbit. I think this is more or less accurate. I'm a little fuzzy on the details. Even yeah. you read it three days ago, it doesn't count. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it. if I'd read The Hobbit six months ago, I think I would have thought this movie was Brad. I read yeah. The Hobbit last Monday, and it yeah. sucks. Two Mondays ago. And then, Mary Clay, you'd be more advanced, and you'd be like, I very in detail read The Hobbit very recently, and this is not at all in the books. But then there's another level. There is, like, neckbeard Tolkien scholar who's like, I actually have read every word Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien ever read wrote and yeah, I, I read Hobbit the lives movie. of the frost children or whatever it's called the hobbit movie is 100 percent accurate to everything that was happening parallel to this novel so probably brava i guarantee that probably actually someone on the tolkien about facebook group commented something similar to that let me pull that up um while you're doing that i'm gonna take a quick uh bathroom break i'll be right back i'm gonna take a bit quick get me a truly break can you get me one Clay, read poetry to them. I've never been left alone. I'm alone with my thoughts. Oh, this isn't good. Okay. Um, hi, 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 listeners. Oh, let's talk about the big news in the Lord of the Rings community, which happened earlier this week, which is that we have a date for the Lord of the Rings Amazon Prime series. It will premiere on September 2nd. 2022. That's right, everyone. We have another year and a month before this dumb series comes out. And that's right. I'm calling it dumb. I'm already predicting it's going to be an immense failure and it's going to be terrible. Um, And they also dropped a single still image that everyone in the Tolkien fandom was immediately jumping upon the second it was posted to be like, well, the trees in the background mean that they're in the land of Flindoral, Flindorian and and obviously the figure in the foreground is Bear Luthien. <laughs> um, and I don't know any of those details and I don't uh, understand where any of those details came from and I don't frankly care. I just want to watch. I just want to go in as blind as possible. Um, Sorry about that. Cool. I was just telling the folks about the yo- the yolks about the series. Uh, okay, I'll wait for Tyler to come back before I. Citrus punch or berry punch? Uh, citrus. Fair. Yeah. <clears throat> bless you. Thanks. Cough. Bless you. Thanks for coming on talking to us. Are you talking to me? Hi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have covered them without me. I think it would have been weird. Yeah, it would have been weird. <laughs> I think people would have been like, especially if what? we did it this week. <laughs> what happened <laughs> to the original plot of the movie? Actually, that's exactly what. That's how I would summarize this trilogy. Yeah, man, I can't wait for two weeks from now <laughs> when we cover the Battle of the Five Armies that I've never seen before. It's uh, like I genuinely no. Okay, see, this is. This is my problem is that I started this being like, I'm not going to go, even if they're terrible, I'm not going to go really harsh negative on it because no one's going to want to listen to several episodes worth of like just complaining about a movie in detail. So I keep, but like already I keep having to remind myself and be like, uh, and and be like, uh, you need to buck up and like... (laughs) 
stop stop complaining so much and start talking about Martin Freeman instead. <laughs> Maybe that's just what I need to do. Whenever I feel myself going too negative, I'll just be like, so Martin Freeman in this scene, isn't he amazing? <laughs> yeah, just put on your Apple Watch and every time it tells you to breathe, talk about Martin Freeman. I don't have an Apple Watch. Oh, that sucks. It comes with Disney Plus. I really don't need, I really don't need an Apple Watch. I have a Fitbit Versa 2. Hmm. Especially because I don't, and, yeah, I don't walk, I don't have any circles I need to close or anything like that. What am I looking at? It's just a blue band. Yeah, it, your camera's not doing it. So say Olivia and Finn. Yeah. Dad. Oh, that's cute. That was my Father's Day present. Nice. Um... Okay, yes. Yeah, so there was someone in the Tolkien about Facebook group who commented on a post today and says they say that they love all three of the movies. The more they could pack in, the better, especially if it came from other lore like Unfinished Tales and The Lord of the Rings appendices. There's little there that didn't come from Tolkien's pen. Okay, so I guess that answers my earlier question of like where, especially the scene where freaking... They're like, it's a family reunion of all of the magical characters that you're familiar with, where it's like, Galadriel, what are you doing here? Saruman, what are you doing here? And then they sit down and they talk about the necromancer. And then in another scene, Galadriel's like, for some reason, we're not going to let you, we don't want you to go with these dwarves on this quest because for some reason it's related to the Morgul blade. I don't know why those two, I don't understand that anyway, but I was wondering during that scene, especially like, where did they come up with this? So supposedly it's from the unfinished tales and the appendices, because I know that they didn't have rights to the Silmarillion at the time. And that's why when Bilbo asks about the other wizards, Gandalf says, I can't remember the names of the blue wizards because they didn't have rights mm. to those names. It's Usador for both of them. I do know. So like, I also think if you're Peter Jackson, right? You're like, hey, Kate Blanchett and oh gosh, Christopher Lee. Sir Christopher Lee, do you want to come be in Lord of the Rings again? I think Kate Blanchett is like, yes, obviously cash that check. I am surprised Christopher Lee signed on for this because he's well, a Tolkien scholar. But but if it but that's but that's what that's the thing though is if it's from the appendices, I'm sure Christopher Lee was like they heard he when he heard that Peter Jackson was making the Hobbit, he was like, now Peter, let me tell you, you need to uh. Include this bust scene. Bust out them appendices. Well, need to bust out those appendices and talk about that. Well, he actually had been very mad at Peter Jackson because they cut out so much of Saruman's storyline from Return of the King theatrical. Mm -hmm. um, it, it didn't make the final. Yeah, if you watch Return of the King theatrical edition, Saruman does not make the final cut at all. Yeah, he's not and in the movie. As a Tolkien, like, diehard fan basically I don't know if he was necessarily a scholar but he definitely um, was very familiar with Tolkien and everything he had actually met Tolkien he was one of the only I think he was the only person of these films to ever meet J.R.R. Tolkien anyway he was very angry with Peter Jackson that he had been cut out of the final cut of um, Return of the King and he brought it up at the Hobbit premiere. He was like, so did you cut me out of this one too? And Peter Jackson oh. was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have made you Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> Just walked away. <laughs> so, what were we saying? <laughs> but he is oh yeah, I don't, so I don't know how he 
felt when he was asked to do the, this role I again. Was, if I he was, was like, surprised. I mean, I guess when Hugo Weaving showed up because I know he can be very weird about I don't know why I Elrond is about. in the book though I know El- he's literally in the book. of those of those characters Elrond is the one that's actually in the book but Hugo Weaving as an actor is known to be like very uh, mostly because of Captain America but he's like very annoyed by prosthetics very like I want to be Hugo Weaving despite the fact that he ends up in all of these like fantasy and sci-fi he just roles. wore a wig though wait was he in Captain America what? He's the Red, Red Skull. Skull. Uh, well, how was I supposed to know that? Because it's he completely look like obvious. Himself. Yes, he does. He has that a red face on his face. The whole time he's face. just like uh, Mister and sorry, uh, uh, Frodo. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, Steve, Steve Rogers. What's his name? Uh, Hugo Weaving. He's also just a his appearance. I still like to this day. I, like I remember being kind of startled by his appearance. His first appearance is Elrond because it's just not how I pictured Elrond. I I do picture Elrond much prettier than Hugo. Yeah, than Weaving. Hugo Weaving. But <laughs> I pictured Elrond a lot more oh, no. like. To L'Oreal or whatever his name is. I'll never forget the fir- my first time watching Return of the King when Elrond goes to meet Aragorn and give him the sword. They do this dramatic reveal where like he has a hood up and his back is turned. And they're like, there's someone here to see you. And I thought it was going to be Arwen. <laughs> and then he uh-huh. so gets her dad. Down, and it's Hugo Weaving. <laughs> What if it was just like Hugo weaving the actor all of a sudden? It's just like, not even Elrond. Yeah. What if right, it was like, Morpheus? No, but El- Elrond has the ears, and I think uh, that was kind of why I was a little bit surprised. All I know is I've seen a lot of interviews with Hugo weaving where he's like, "I love doing the Matrix movies, but man, that Captain America movie sucked." Uh, Chris Frankelston, who's not in this, is the same way, where he like ends up in all these sci-fi and fantasy roles, but he does not like to do prosthetics. Uh, uh, and John I bring Reese- him up. I bring him up because Sylvester McCoy was also the doctor and he was Radagast. John Reese davies was considered, they were at one point thinking about bringing him in for a cameo of some sort, but he was like, I don't want to ever wear those prosthetics again because he had such severe uh, reactions, like allergic reactions yeah. to them. And he's like, nope, have fun. <laughs> Enjoy. I just don't understand. I'm like, and he was great as Gimli. Don't get me wrong, but why do they have to pick this giant dude to play Gimli? It's like six foot three. It's It's a large dude. It's it's because it's it makes the proportions in post easier to do because they just do the the one they do one scene with John Rhys Davies and the Hobbits, and he looks normal next to the Hobbits, and then they shrink them all down. Uh, to be next to the humans well, rather you know. than having to sh- rather than having to shrink down the hobbits and John Reese davies and put them in to the scene with the humans. But like, you mean like Elijah, they did for these movies where they yes, just CGI'd like everything <laughs> despite the fact that 13 to 14 of the people are short. Yeah. Well, Elijah and like Dominic and all of them are short people though, right? Like they're not, none of them is over they're not like ex- five. Eight. I don't think they're necessarily short, but they, they are small so if you were to just, I think if you were to just have them stand next to John Reese Davies, like them, the actors stand next to John Reese Davies with like, n- like with a blank wall behind them and nothing else in the picture to show like 
sizing or anything, I think you would look at them and be like, oh, yeah, that looks like hobbits and a dwarf. I'll tell you what. Yeah. The hobbits. John Davies is 6'1". Elijah Wood is 5'6". So the, 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 the being a hobbit in um, the Lord of the Rings movies has ruined Sean Astin for me forever. Every time I see Sean Astin being like normal sized, I'm like, there's something wrong with that. I can watch <laughs> Dominic Monaghan in Lost. I can watch Elijah Wood in Wilfred. I can't watch uh, Sean Astin in Stranger Things. I'm like, you're supposed to be short, man. There's no way Renona Ryder's not taller than you. No way. Uh, I could watch Stranger Things all the live long day. Well, that's not um, what I said at all. No, but Sean, Sean Astin is in Stranger Things. Right. Yeah, I know. Isn't he the... I'm not saying I couldn't watch He's Stranger thing. Things. I'm just saying like it's I need you to I say I saw I saw a tweet that was like what like I just found out that what's his face from Stranger Things is his is the same character from 51st Dates. Yeah. And people were like Excuse me, Sean Astin did not walk up, did not carry Frodo up, up Mount Doom to destroy the ring for you to recognize him as the random side character in Fifty First Dates. To be fair, that, I mean, that post also went around a bunch about the Goonies and that one I cannot live with. That too. He is yeah. Bob Newby before he will ever Man, be Mikey from the Goonies. I to- I always forget that he was in the Goonies. Goonies Sean Astin has had a cast. great career. Well, he yeah, was in the has. Goonies, so it really went uphill after no, that. No, but but like a lot of child actors, I guarantee, I don't think any of the other kid yeah, actors Corey from not the doing Goonies so hot. He was in the Goonies. Yeah, ha- yeah, have that- like went on to be in one other the successful Kangaroo, movie, let Kangaroo alone Jack. He's doing. Several. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me just be very clear with all of you very quickly. Josh Brolin, Thanos himself and cable is a goonies kid yeah josh brolin was in the yeah goonies? he's like the main character <laughs> yeah no um what's his face as the main character sean Aston is uh no, people would disagree you. with you on that one so the top Mikey cast- is the main character he's the built, reason they go build. on the 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 treasure hunt and 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 sam is the main character of the lord of the rings no no you're <laughs> hang on who do you think the main character of the goonies is i've Dude, seen the goonies, goonies once once yeah. But anyway, top build is Sean Astin. Mikey and Josh is the main. Okay, character. I'm done talking about the Goonies. We're moving on. He's the one who has. I'm sorry, the I brought it up. We're moving on. This movie and sucks. And he has the like beautiful, heartfelt. Oh scene my with God! Stop talking about the Goonies. That movie's horrible. I don't ever want to talk about it again. I would rather watch The Hobbit, A Cold and Unexpected Journey, talk about another hundred times movie? in a row. I'd rather watch this a hundred times in a row than the Goonies. I'll say this. I would rather fall on my face and my nuts at the same time than watch the Goonies. I'll say this about the Goonies. This is the last thing I'll say. <laughs> uh, it did have great posters. It had fantastic posters. Who did Josh Brolin play? I would rather Brand. have Dwayne The Rock Johnson oh, from Jungle Cruise punch Mikey's, me in the face. Literally, even Wikipedia says the asthmatic leader of the Goonies. I would rather have Dwayne The Rock Mikey. Johnson from Jungle Cruise punch me in the face than watch the Goonies. Okay. Can I punch you in the face? No. But I guarantee what you it would hurt less than Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Does that mean in the I'm face? stronger than Dwayne the Rock Johnson? No. That's what I'm hearing. No, it just means anyway. that there's not as much of a story behind Tyler punches me in the face as Dwayne the Rock Johnson punches me in the face so I don't <laughs> have to watch the Goonies. <laughs> hey, you know what they say? Goonies never say die. <sighs> I say die, please, Goonies. The movie that you, you want to talk about, like, you know how people always are like, what's that movie or scene that was like irrationally scary for you as a kid? That's the Goonies yes. beginning to end. I was mortified <laughs> of that movie. Well, to be fair, there's a disfigured, very, but he turns out Mm-mm. to be a nice no, person. No, no, like the scene where the kid pulls his shirt up and he's like, <laughs> that scared me and gave me nightmares. the truffle shuffle. Yeah, that's Ethan's what gonna gave cut me all of this out in post. Ugh. Yeah, stop giving me work to do. Um, 
You don't cool. have to, but you're going the to because you don't like the Goonies. An unexpected journey is a movie that we all watched this week to cover on the show. That is we, true. So we've been talking about a lot of mid and towards the end of the movie. I love the first. 43 minutes. I would say after the 20 minute mark to the 43 minute mark. Yeah. Yeah. About seven after all the stupid exposition is done. After the dwarf scenes. I like the Bilbo and Frodo scenes. I'd really do. Two. I think they were a great addition. Now it does. It does bring into question though, because this, this time we get in the movie, not the book in the movie, we get old Bilbo writing a book to Frodo about his adventures. Now, if you're Bilbo at the point when you meet up with Frodo in Rivendell, why don't you be like, hey, Frodo, I understand that in the movie you didn't wait 20 years to go on this adventure. Let me tell you a thing or two about this guy named Gollum. He's going to try to steal the ring from you every chance he gets. Just kill him. No, but then that circumvent that that like undermines that very meaningful conversation that Frodo has with Gandalf later on in Moria when they they talk about God because they literally like see eyes (laughs) in the distance and they're just very casually like, yeah, Gollum's following us. Um and Frodo's like, I wish that had never happened, and I wish like he had killed. Am I just like, wait, I might just be making something up. I think you're making something up. No, because he, maybe I'm thinking of a book scene. He definitely says, Frodo definitely says at one point or another, I wish uh, Bilbo had just ended it then and killed Gollum. Um, And Gandalf is like, oh, no, no. that And it's why they kind of like make it a very forceful like Gandalf wisdom moment when he tells Bilbo when he gets his when he gets his sword that you know it takes more courage more courage more courage to not take a life than it does to kill someone um no that's this movie no that's what I'm saying he says that in this movie but he says that to Frodo in that moment in the book when Frodo's like why didn't he just kill him and I think that's they took that quote and put that into that moment but they like paraphrased it and it it didn't sound as good to me that has to be a book scene now it's been a minute since it's been since we covered them that I've seen the Lord of the Rings movies yeah that has to be a book scene that has to be a book scene because there's no way that Frodo prior to meeting Gollum in the movies knew about Gollum no he does there's no shot yes he does he knows about they are very actively like oh there's Gollum L- literally yeah, literally I, it's I know sev- there like, are several points where they're like Gollum's following us yeah it happens in the minds of Moria and then there's a there's know. also an extended scene to where Gollum well, is literally count. like floating on a log. Those don't count. And Boromir and I agree with you, but I'm just letting you know that they they acknowledge the existence of of Gollum well before Gollum mm. appears. Don't act like I don't know what this is true. Nacelli, this is I know, factual. I know, uh, this is I, factual. I, um, I've still probably seen Fellowship more times than you, and I don't remember this happening at all. Okay, but surely she's seen it more recently. Uh, no, I don't I think, know if I've seen it more recently. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we saw it around the same time. I um, I have definitely not watched Fellowship since November, probably. Do you think, let me ask you this, Mary Clay Watt. The Year of Our Lord 2022, will you watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Probably not, no. Not no. even in preparation of the series? No. Well, why? I wouldn't need to watch the movie because all of that happens after what the series is going to be about. Oh, so you'll just reread the Silmarillion? I won't even. I don't even want to. Re- I don't even want to read it the once. First read. <laughs> what if it ends up being like 
like the summer really to me is like the Bible where it's like, you can't just like, it's big. You can't just pick it up and read it. There's like, you have to have like a guide. You have to like be with a spiritual mentor. Uh, she's not even listening. Where to is she right going? Now. What is happening? Oh, she's getting a copy of the Silmaril. It's a thicko. Listeners and not watchers. It is a thick book. It's large a, boy. It's like a textbook. Like a, yeah. Like like a. This is. I want it's you to picture very heavy calculus for, like not even for dummies for like AP calculus students. Okay, ready. Yeah, it looks like a like a history textbook. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good sound. And this is so. This is the illustrated edition. Uh, I'll, I'll say it's also however, hardback. However, so this is the illustrated edition, right? Okay, that was an illustration, but <laughs> lots of pages. Like very little actual illustrations. There's like one every couple of. So it's not like the Harry Potter illustrated, where, where oh, like it's so big pages. and long because it's. Uh, taken up by a lot of illustrations. No, it's this is majority. Yeah, words. what's going to happen when they get to Order of the Phoenix Illustrated Edition? It's going to be it, a. Bo- it's going to. It's going to maim. Yeah. people. <laughs> I, those are cool. I was going to say we got uh, in trouble in elementary school um, for throwing my copy <laughs> of, the of the Lord the of the Rings <laughs> at each other to see oh. who could throw it harder at another person. That's painful. Yeah, that's but a brick. Here's my thing about the Silmaril is that like you can't just pick it up and read it like you're not allowed to. I mean you are. What if I know you are, but like what if it's like super freaking readable, like a middle grade? It's not like, though. I know it's not, but what if you start okay, actually? Into you know it what? Let's like, let's find out. <sighs> you know what's super readable? The Bible. It's just the a bunch Hobbit. of easily digestible stories. And easy easily digestible sentences. You just got to find oh a good God. translation. What is this? There's a letter. Read us where's a Silmaril. Just like the fir- where's just like the first? Yes, oh, listeners. Listeners, I know Silmaril. that the Silmarils are like okay. gems or whatever. So we start right off the bat with a word I don't know how to say. It's just a blank page. Actually, wait, wait. It's going to be reversed. Okay, never mind. It's a Enulindale. And then there's a little umlaut on the E at the end. It's way too many vowels. All right. The music of the Aenur. <laughs> there was Eru the One, who in Arda is called Iluvatar, and he made first the Aenur, the holy ones that were the offspring of his thought, and they were with him before aught else was made. It's literally and he the Bible. Spoke to them, <laughs> propounding to them themes of music, and they sang, sang before him, and he was glad. Literally the Bible, yeah. Yeah. The funny thing though is that people. So here's here's the thing about the Silmarillion. No one has told me more often than. Lord of the Rings fans themselves how hard the Silmarillion is to read. They're like, it's like a Bible and a history textbook had a child and it turned out to be a, a really dense brick. Do they and, know what the Bible is? And then in the a same really breath, dense brick. <laughs> and then in the same textbook. breath, they'll be like, so why haven't you read it yet? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> or they'll be like, well, I've read it. You need to read it. You should read it. Well, and I'm to like, be fair t- to you, it is the obvious third place behind the trilogy and it's the not Hobbit, even the right? third place. It's the last place for me. There's like three other things that like short stories or things that Tolkien wrote. Right, but those don't matter at all. Christopher edited that. Those don't matter. No, the at all. um 
No, the Unfinished Tales is supposedly what they pulled a lot of the material from for the other subplots in the Hobbit trilogy. Sure. Um, you know what I don't care about? Those. Those. But do you really care about the Silmarillion? Yeah, because I've had people explain the stories in it, some of the stories in it to me, and I'm always like, this is fascinating. I don't want to read it. I want somebody to tell them to me as bedtime stories. See, that's the problem is I get a lot of people being like, I don't want to read the Silmarillion. I want you to read the Silmarillion well, so you know, I don't have to. I'm with you on that. I would listen to your episodes <laughs> on like, the Silmarillion yeah, but the before problem I with that listen is to the Silmarillion. I have to read the Silmarillion, but you're so smart. You had to know so it was going to happen, right? You had no, to I know. really d- no. I genuinely did not ever think there would reach a point in the podcast where I oh. would need to cover the Silmarillion. I knew you were going to gaslight yourself into reading it eventually. I did not you're gonna, think you're gonna gaslight yourself into reading. Like it. there are some like earlier episodes where. I was like just being made aware of it and I was like, oh, then I'm never going to read that. You okay, Tyler? I'm are you doing fun. Are you doing that yourself? Okay. I am. Yeah. I, had I, a funny, power was going I had out. a funny feeling that right around the time, you know, there it is again, that funny feeling, right? I had a funny feeling that right around the time The Hobbit was coming out or that you were doing The Hobbit uh, stuff that this Prime series was going to come out and they were going to be like, based on the hit novel, The no. Silmarillion by J.R.R. No, Tolkien. No, we knew, yeah, we've known for a while that it's based on a lot of these stories. Oh, or you, it comes, you, hold, it hold comes on, hold from on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out, time out, pause. What? Okay, I've known. You maybe. knew that. Okay, I knew I that. I didn't. But my problem- I still this haven't is, looked at the picture. This is what my issue is with everyone analyzing that damn picture is that I don't want to know any of those details. Dude, I just want to watch I the think series. You do though. I think once no, you I get into it, you're no, going to I don't. Know this. No, I do I'm not give Clay. two flying left, two flying left Hobbit feet about what the details no, of when, the, those trees are. When they're I getting really like don't. the fifth, when they're getting like the fifth shard of the Siren Soul in Ready Player Two, and Will Wheaton is like, oh, I'm going to describe the art of planet. I'm sitting here like, fuck, that sounds cool. All of this stuff sounds so interesting. No, I want to know no, about but, Morgoth. That no, sounds here red. It here it is. This is. I don't think it has anything to do with like not wanting to know what the Silmarillion's about. I think. I think what Mary Clay's saying. Let me mansplain Mary Clay's thoughts while she's right here with <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, please do. It's okay. I'm looking up um, that scene with Gandalf and like, Frodo I'm and Moria. I'm so over foreshadowing as a marketing campaign. Like, if we're going to pick an element of AP <coughs> English to make a marketing campaign out of, can it stop being freaking foreshadowing? Well, no. If you want that to happen, you, you should have bought less Harry Potter books. I know. It's my, it is my fault. Yeah. The queen it of foreshadowing a- and transphobia herself. But the problem is she's not the queen of foreshadowing. There's yes, she zero- Tyler, Tyler. No, okay, yes, she is. Okay. Yes, she is. Okay, because she mentions the, the, the vanishing cabinet in it's book It's so two. good. It's so... Nearly Headless Nick breaks the fucking vanishing cabinet in book two. George Lucas could never. He could never. But but what she doesn't do is it's not like you can be sitting there reading the Sorcerer's Stone and be like, you know what I think the second book's about? They're going to find Tom Riddle's diary. That has been foreshadowed here. And he's going to be like a living memory. Even Tom, even memory Tom Riddle doesn't make any sense. If you really sit there and think about like, how does memory Tom Riddle work into this whole Horcrux thing? You're going to be like, mm, no, oh, right. That's it uh, because uh, Horcruxes hadn't been invented then. Right. She hadn't thought of no, them. She, uh, she just straight up had she not thought of them. Lied. She had right. a very 
Sheriff, in the same way yeah. that when Tolkien wrote The Hobbit and he created this character the of the necromancer, necromancer. he... I think Tolkien maybe did intentionally write some of these like open-ended um, parts of the story where like he could come back in later and expand on those in the future if he wanted to. And maybe that's also what J.K. Rowling did is she was like, I have this idea, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. So I'm going to write little hints of it right now in case I want to reference it back in the future. I think that's what the vanishing cabinet was. I think when she made memory... Tom Riddle, that was going to be the end of the Voldemort storyline. I'm pretty sure that that J.R.R. Tolkien, when he wrote, thank goodness, exclamation point, said Bilbo laughing, comma, and handed him the tobacco jar, period. He he put that pen that flourish how- on there and said, cool, uh, I'm done writing forever. No, I really don't think that because I really do not think you just... This is just what always amazes me about, and this is why people are like, well, why did you cover Lord of the Rings first and not The Hobbit? I'm like, because I thought Lord of the Rings was the series, and I thought The Hobbit was written later as a prequel, because a a normal person, a normal person does not write this like fun, happy-go-lucky children's tale. It's 200 pages, and then their editor is like, hey, this book actually is doing really well. People like the characters and the story. Do you have anything else in this world? And then he's like, you know what? Now that you mention it and then proceeds to word vomit a thousand plus page detailed plus pages and languages and maps and God knows what else that didn't even make it to the final cut. And he's like, I'm really glad you asked. Here you go. I don't think you just have all that sloshing around in your head and not have any you know, I, I don't think he was like. I think it. I think actually, let me sit down and think of a new story. No, I think it's I think sloshed up in the intervening twenty years. Not that maybe, but like, like I don't think he finished the Hobbit and was like, "Well, I have nothing else to write well, about." No, in but this what I'm world. saying is, I don't think he got to. In a hole in the ground, there lived a Hobbit, Bilbo Baggins, the uncle of Frodo Baggins, a character I've totally invented. No. He was like, "This is it. This is Bill Bobbins. That's it. That's all you got." I don't think. Oh, I didn't bring He's, up in uh, our coverage of the first 45 minutes when Keely and Feely greet him at the door. They say, you must be Mr. Boggins. And it made me laugh so much. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but my thing, here's here's where I'm at. I read a lot of books. We talk Okay, about well, good for you. I'm very tired of novelists, of our authors being like, I have more stories in this series for sure. I'm very tired of companion series. I'm very t- like like I can't even imagine reading this Six of Crows. Uh, what do they call it? The Grisha verse nonsense. That's um. I understand these books are probably fantastic. I watched the Netflix series. Shadow not for the Shadow life of bone. me. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. Yeah. And then they yeah, yeah, I and don't... then she wrote two more as like a companion series. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't. Granted, I don't know how the book ends but the the first season of that show definitely ended like open ended enough that there's still more to the story so I don't know if that I just assume that's how the book ended but I guess not but yeah I don't know how those well, like fantasy YA authors and I say this having had one of these fantasy YA authors on Tolkien about the thing <laughs> I don't is, know though, how they just crank out these right. stories and they're like yeah I have more and I'm like how but the thing is though is 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 I, Tyler, I hear what you're coming from. Where you're coming from in most 
genres. And I agree with you. Like, I think Becky Abertali needs to stop writing books in the Simon verse. Come up with new right, characters, just, please. Just let them be. The, just let, let them be. Let them, let them, be them live. Stop telling me what happened after the end of the book. John Green wrote a whole book about not telling you what happens after the end of the book. Stop doing it. Well, but he, he told you that. But people that like author was wrong. People like Lee Bardugo have grown up in a world in which they're expected because because you're you're now expected to write more books than J.R.R. Tolkien. If you're going to start a fantasy series, you have to commit to five books, right? Like if you're going to start a fantasy series, this is what baffles me about Patrick Rothfuss. Patrick Rothfuss, because he was just like, no, I'm going to take 10 years to finish the third one. If you write, you're expected to write more than five books because that's what J.R.R. Tolkien did. And you are now a post Tolkien author. You have to write fantasy book after fantasy book after fantasy book after fantasy book. I Firmly, I believe that that's what George R. R. Martin got to five and was like, yeah, I don't have anything else, but I'm going to lie and say that I I've do. Got, I don't think the winds of winter coming 2005. I don't think the reason that there are all these like really long fantasy series that go on forever has anything to do with like, oh, well, Tolkien wrote four Absolutely fantasy books. Absolutely it does. No, it's got no, it everything doesn't. to do with, it has it's got to do everything to do with JKR and Marvel. Because Tolkien wrote all of his No, books because this was happening before. This was happening he, before Joanne Rowling and, and, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because Robert Jordan was like, you know what? I'm going to write 11 of these books in the Wheel of Time series, and I'm going to die okay, well, and that, will that, the series to Brandon Sanderson, okay, who's written 17 of his own books, to finish. But then you're getting into the world of capitalism. In 1930 and 1950, when Tolkien was publishing The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, he was not like, I'm going to I want to make as much money as possible off of these books, because that was not something that the world was focused on at the moment. And nowadays, publishers, it's a much more obviously commodified thing where there are publishers and agents and there are like three um, publishing houses that own everything now and print everything. And that was not at all the case when Tolkien published his what? There's five publishers. Okay, well, whatever. Except well, they're we're all, talking they're all, about, but they're all we're even like subsets of each other. This genre that has A, it's, it's, it's own roles, and B, screaming? it's own set of publishers. It's got one I'm publisher, it's Tor. It's got more than Tor. Uh, listen, anyway. if you're not writing with Brandon Sanderson, you're not writing. Brandon Sanderson wants the... I don't understand that, man. He, he wants has... Stormlight Archive to be 40 plus books. And I... he's written four so far. There's Four. no way yeah. that all of those books are good. I'll tell you this. I've read one. I've read one Brandon Sanderson book. I finished it this week. It was literally the best fantasy book I've ever read. I've read one of his series, and but, I enjoyed it immensely, but I don't think it was the greatest fantasy series of all no, 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 time no, no, and no. if he has like four more of those here's the thing series though. that are totally different there's no way they're all good here's the thing though is they are though apparently they are individual people but because, they're probably not because nobody when you come when it comes to the cosmere the the whole which is his verse his the sanderson verse it's called the cosmere People refuse to tell you where to start, right? They're like, figure it out for yourself. Just pick a book one and go for it, right? And people come to the independent conclusions that the first Mistborn trilogy is incredible, and the second Mistborn trilogy is incredible, and the Stormlight Archives is incredible, and they've never read the other ones, and they never talked to anybody that's read the other ones. I don't want to... Listen, I've been on Book Talk long enough, and I've, I've been like... It took me like two weeks to read Mistborn, book one, Final Empire. And in that time, I opened TikTok, and they knew, right? They knew that I was reading it. 
I don't want to interact with the other people who have read it. I, this is this is for me to enjoy. You guys can read it and I'll talk to you about it. I don't want to talk to the people who make their life reading Brandon's Anyway, <laughs> so Lee Bardugo now has to make, and Lee Bardugo, if you're listening to this, thank you for listening to Bacon and Eggs. I'm sure Becca brought you here. I've never read your books. I I'm intend sure they're to. great. I, I intend to. I just haven't been on a high fantasy kick. Uh, and I'm a mood reader, okay? I have to read, you know what slaps crazy rich, Asian, rich Asians? Lee Bardugo, you should go read that book by Kevin Kwan, and I'll tell Kevin Kwan when I talk to him to read your books. Until then, I get where you're coming from. Becky Abertali, if you're listening, again, I love your books. They're Becky, fantastic. You might be. <laughs> They're fantastic. Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda, great, great book. Let him die. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe not. Die. If I get Simon. if I get an angry DM or an angry tweet from from Becky ever telling like Adams. this guy was mean to Simon, that would make he, my life. He's dead now. Simon's dead. Canonically, <sighs> Simon has died. Anyway, if this is a uh, listeners, if you get if you're interested in episodes where Ethan yells about stuff, this is a great one. I came to work today um, fired up, apparently. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. Also, go listen, go listen to Tuesday's episode of That's What I'm Talking About, where Ethan and I talked about the pronunciation of Gimli's Glowing. father's name for a full five minutes. And I can I'll talk about this. it for five more minutes. And you know what? Clive, cra- you know what the crazy thing is? Before I came on to record this podcast, that. I literally. You were like, I'm not going to talk about it. I li- No, no, no. No, no, no. I literally finished up like like 20 minutes before we started recording. I literally finished up like a three and a half mile walk and then just like died for five minutes and got back up and was like, cool, ready to do some podcasting. Endorphin endorphins make you happy and Apparently. happy people just don't kill. And you're going to sleep better tonight. I'll say this. Clive Staples Lewis. I, I'm actually kind of upset with you because you wrote seven books from seven different perspectives in your stupid Narnia series. It might be your fault that we're stuck here. This is why J.K. Rowling did so well. I have seven books of the same god-awful third-person limited perspective. No, it's a great perspective, and they're all better than The Hobbit. Every Harry Potter book is better than The Hobbit. Sorry. I know she sucks. She's a better writer than 1930s J.R.R. Tolkien. Better 21st century writer. <laughs> yeah. She, her, books, her books hold up better than this thing that I liked very much. It was just, it's slow. I think it, the pacing is very weird. As a yeah, person who's... As a person who's it's, used to reading books that have less inter- information compacted in every single sentence, it's a dense book to get so through. So here, here's the th- here, here's my here's my reaction Much to your like statement me, that, that Harry Potter is better than The Hobbit. I don't necessarily think that. I think that they were written in entirely different times, and the way that you wrote books in the 1930s is just something that we are not familiar with, and if we were more familiar with that, then the Hobbit would probably seem more normal and we would enjoy it more. But with our more modern day brains that have read Harry Potter that are well and evenly paced throughout, we're like, why, why, why is this Tolkien? Negative Ghost Rider. So this this is, thing this is, is worse than, hold fact. on, hold on. Tyler, stop for a second. This, this thing that I'm holding right here, listeners, is the book of The Hobbit. This is worse than A Christmas Carol. Uh, it's worse than Great Expectations. It's worse than Jane Eyre. It's worse than Pride and Prejudice. And it's worse than every full-length Sherlock Holmes novel, which were all written in the 1800s like this pretends to be. So we could actually find out, if we're talking about the 30s, in 1931, only two books uh, in the fiction category made the New York Times bestseller list. They were The Ten Commandments by Warwick Deeping 
and Made in Waiting by John Galsworthy. We could just read those two books and find out whether or not they're good and easy to read and written like The Hobbit. Well, because the thing is, is J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a, a book called The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, written in the style of the 1890s when it was the 1950s, when El people were discovering Elvis Presley and Carl Perkins. Uh, Blue Straight Shoes is on the radio while this stuff was coming out. And don't get me wrong, it's great, but it has always been anachronistic from the day it hit the page. I'm still reeling from the fact that you listed off all of those books that you say The Hobbit is worse than. Worse than, yeah. Less, less fun, less interesting, less readable. You know it's a better character than Bilbo Baggins? Sherlock Holmes. Again, I just don't think Ebenezer Scrooge. I don't think you can compare The Hobbit to its apples and oranges because The Hobbit is not Jane Eyre or Sherlock Holmes because The Hobbit was written to be a children's fairy tale adventure that's story. fine it's this no is, longer is, a children's fairy tale adventure story though it has become a piece of adult consumed mass market media therefore it is judgeable like every other piece of adult consumed mass market media man you were like really coming in hot with whatever energy this is a fun fact. In 1937, the year The Hobbit was released, it did not hit the New York Times bestseller list. Books that did include Gone with the Wind, Drums Along the Mohawk, Theatra, The Years, The Outward Room, Northwest Passage, The Citadel, and that's it. I would rather read Gone with the Wind. Honestly, great book. Better movie, although equally suffers from a length problem. Margaret Mitchell is the author on that one. Maggie Mitchell. Anyway, uh, if, if it has ever come in a mass market paperback, which this is not, but if it's ever come in a mass market paperback, they are comparable. That's my hot take here. Okay. <laughs> that was adorable, whatever that was. Ooh, something just happened. It's a fun fact. Gone with the Wind, the movie is like three hours long. The novel is 1,037 pages. Yeah, she, she's so. thick. <laughs> so that makes a little bit more sense to me. I will say this. The Hobbit is an exercise in maybe you don't need every single detail portrayed on the screen. That's true. We're talking about the movie again? Yeah, we're talking about the yes. movie again. I feel like I just got accosted. I don't know what I walked into. Where I've is, read hold on. one book this year. Hold on. And you, didn't get accosted. you didn't get accosted at all. I'm not. I'm, I'm criticizing. Y'all were just Actually, I'm not even criticizing. I'm not even criticizing J.R.R. Tolkien. I'm just saying he's a worse. <laughs> he in 1930 was a worse writer than Charles Dickens. Is what no, I just, just said. No, no, not even that. You were talking about. You were throwing author names left and right. And I'm like. I know one author and his name's Jolkin Rolkin Rolkin Okay, very clear. I've it read. took me four months to read his book. In, as soon as we finish this, I will go to finish. As soon as we finish recording this, I will go to finish I'm book crying. number 118 for the year. I'll I've do read. 67. I don't even know what other books I've read this year. Do you want to borrow some? I have a lot. Yeah, I'm coming up to Richmond in a couple weeks. So I can just bring you a stack of books to read. No, I have, I have books. You should read the Midnight Library oh, by Matt Haig. Fantastic. Oh book. my god! You no, just read, all my time, read. all my time these days is taken up by these fucking movies. You should read Dreadnought by April Daniels. Forget everything else. <laughs> Okay, what books have I literally have I read anything this year besides The Hobbit? I don't think so. I think you would have said read, something. Miracle, I've talked Green's to you book? every day this year and you've never mentioned another book. No, we book. haven't. Yeah, we sure have. Read. Um, you on Goodreads? I've listened to... Oh, no, I have. Oh, you're going to be mad, though. Why? 
No, I'm excited now. Was it Potter? Red, white, and royal blue. Nice. <laughs> nice. You like the steamy gay uh, sex boy book. Um, oh my God. Oh, I know. I read Tweet Cute this year. Oh, I yeah. read Tweet Cute. It was shelf. super cute. I meant to bring it to you, Tyler. Books. I forgot to do that. Um, I have it. It's on my shelf. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. Well, or you can just rent it. In my bedroom. Just check it out. No, that's a that's a uh, from a liberty. Oh well, <laughs> you think I have a library card? I've read 117 books this year. They would hate me. How do you not have a library card? Because I buy books with money. <laughs> yeah, I buy books with dollars. But the library is free. Yeah, and Tyler, yeah. you you should. It's not about Tyler. Hey, hey, you should especially get a library card because you can go check out books for your children who grow annoyed who get tired of books when you buy them after you read them for one week and then you bring a whole stack of books from the library home and you read them at bedtime and you go through all of them once or twice and then by the time it's time to bring them back to the library they're bored of them already and then guess what you can get more new books have you guys seen the movie matilda so uh, I'll tell I you have, this. I'll tell you this. I've, One, I, I'll, hold on. I'll say this. One, I think that's a fantastic idea. Two, you, you can also get movies. Severely underestimate how many children's books I have. Um, I have two. I also no, not, have, I have two bones to pick you with you here. Buy them. One, I don't um, buy them. They're birthday presents. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, he does have people that love him that give him a bunch of books for his kids. Um, I I have a, a couple bones to pick with you about this as well. One, do you really think I as a child ever got tired of reading Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? Because I did not. Oh man, yeah, that was one book. So There's probably good. for every for every Alexander and the very good, terrible, no good. Alexander very bad day. and the terrible, horrible, <laughs> no good, very bad day. Uh, for every one of those, there's probably at least five books that you had on your little kid bookshelf that you read once or twice, and then you never picked up again. And no, then your parents are like, "That's I was a voracious reader." Oh. I have been reading "The Eye of the World" by Robert Jordan to my daughter from the day she was born till now. Okay, it's the greatest kids book of all time. That's just not true, because I know when the, I know when your child was born, you started reading her the Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, I did actually. Two, I read the, two the, the second Fellowship. bone I have to pick. If I take out books from the library, I have to give them back. And if I have to give them back, how can I stand on my Instagram at the end of the year next to a stack of all the books I've read this year that's twice yeah. as tall as me and and with the caption I'm better than you because yeah. I am. You're yeah. not better How than other people I do that? because you have money to buy books. No, I, 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 no, 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 no. I'm not. And I get your being. Not, I get your being not, facetious here. I'm not better than you because I have money to buy books. I'm better than you because I will have read over 200 books at the end of the year, and you'll have read one, and you hate it. Okay, but that makes me the better. She than did you. read. She did read the Hobbit and Tweet Cute. I didn't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I didn't, you'll have read two books, and you hated one of them. I didn't. Did you? Hate hold on. Did Hobbit. you like Red, White, and Royal Blue? Did you listen to any of the episodes? Is the no. Hobbit better than Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston? Now, let well, me. Let me totally well, hold, 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 pause. The pause. Hobbit doesn't have any sex pause. scenes in it. Pause for two seconds. So the Hobbit here. is better. Is all I'm the hearing. Hobbit doesn't have no, a female no, 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 president. No, 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 pause. Pause. Everybody, shut the fuck up. Also, wait, wait, hang on, side. For the record, I am not a red, white, and royal blue, whatever, stan. I am, I, I, it's just no, a book that I, I, I was trying to give you a chance to not say something like that. I am because not I do, a, I'm I do want to say that a creator on our network, the WBNE Podcast Network. She knows who she is. Is the world's biggest red, white, and royal blue stan. There, yeah, she follows now, a, now, hold on, a bot I'm not account. done. <laughs> I'm not done. There is a zero percent chance 
the J.R.R. Tolkien, John Ronald Real Tolkien, wrote red, white, is listening to this podcast right now. There is a greater than zero percent chance that Casey McQuiston is listening to this podcast because Casey McQuiston, the author of Red, White, and Royal Blue, as of when we recorded this podcast, is not dead. Hi, Casey. I would just like to let you know you are not better than J.R.R. Tolkien just because you're alive. <laughs> Listen, Casey McQuiston, I, I have not read of any of your books. Where do you where but do you guys live? that's probably the same as well. Um, Roanoke Public Library is in what park is this? Elmwood Park. I know where the library Elmwood is, Mary Claire. I well, live go here. To it. Why well, would go I to go it. to it when I could go to Barnes & Noble and use my Barnes & Noble membership and spend or, a bunch of money and give it to authors? Or... You can't. You can still check out. Uh, uh, authors know they don't get royalties from you checking out the books, but authors do still get some kind of royalties for when they place their books in okay, libraries to I, be checked out by but, people. But other people will check those books out, and I have money. Okay, and I can Good just buy you. the books and ruin them. Um, you can also download the app. Look Libby, at me, and you I'm can a crack check a spine out spine of a book. Audiobooks. Look at me, cracking spine. Ebooks. Can't do that with an audio book. By connecting the app to your public library, and you can check out audiobooks Can't for crack free. Crack a spine on a library I book. I made a. I made a TikTok. There was a, a TikTok where a girl was she, it was. she was like, "Here's how to open your book without cracking the spine," and she was like. First, sit it upright and turn it gently back page by page. And then I stitched it and I Me. just opened up my book and cracked Bam. the spine. And ever I got more hate comments in that post than I did when I... I have. Game on. I that's do just want lie. you to know, I have officially ruined this copy of The Hobbit. That's fine. Well, that's my it thing. It is now books permanently are, stuck on page one hundred forty-four. Some books are meant to be are meant to be ruined. I highlight uh, in my in my copies. A lot of so people. I didn't care I about not, keeping the spine intact. I do not spend intact. Lord of the Rings books because they are leather bound. Um, so. Yeah, maybe don't cr- maybe don't crack the nice ones. Don't do that. that so, but I do have a copy nice. of the, the 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 Lord of the Rings of science fiction. This is Dune. I have not read it yet, as you can see. Frank Herbert's work. We'll just go ahead and and crack this bad boy a little bit. Kevin Kwan, uh, if you had someone li- hey. suggest to me that I should cover Dune after Lord of the Rings, and I was like, I'm very much good. Kevin Kwan, you don't want to do Dune? I've heard Dune's very good. Author Kevin Kwan, author of Crazy Rich Agents. If you're listening to this podcast right now, which I'm sure you're not, you have much better things to do. Um, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I did buy a trade paperback copy of your first novel, Crazy Rich Agents, and I have absolutely destroyed it. Because every five pages, I have to crack the spine so it doesn't close on my hands. What is the book you've 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 put the most damage into? Oh, uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. The back cover has a very large bite out of it that was taken by a dog that is no longer living. Nice. Or uh, or Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Not no, sorry, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, which is as far as I can tell. Gone, vanished into oblivion. I, uh, the 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 illuminated special edition copy I spent fifty dollars on and bought at release night and dressed up for to get has been missing since two thousand seven. I want to see cosplay, Ethan. Are there photos? No, no, that was before camera phones. My mother, my dearly departed mother, and I dressed up as Harry Potter characters and went to Barnes and Noble. My Do you remember and I what character went. you you were? 
No, yeah. we just put robes on and shit. Oh. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, were you a Hufflepuff? I swear to God. No, obviously we You're the one that brought this up, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing, listeners. Here's the thing. Tyler will pretend like he despises talking about the Hogwarts houses. He, nine times out of ten, he is the one who brings it up. I do He brings it up. It. Every I time. Do, He's like, because oh I my God, I like can't li- stand talking about the Hogwarts houses. Anyway, are you a Hufflepuff or a <laughs> Slytherdor? So, and I'm like, I you do wanna, I do want to let you know that you do this as well. You talk about Jeff Bezos more than anybody alive. Ooh, oh man, true. Jeffrey Bezos. You hate him. Jeff Bezos, but you Jeffy talk about, you invoke Bezos. the name of Bezos more than anybody except Bo Yeah, because that's like a universal thing that we're all... Okay, but I don't uh, ever talk do about Jeff Bezos, to? right? Like, I, do I don't the ever talk about Jeff Bezos unless I'm talking to you. Like, I get a DM once a day. That's not true. I get a DM once a day. That's like, what's your Hogwarts house, Tyler? Shut up. You're the one who I guarantee. You're making focus. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm looking up my settings. That's those guys? It. Gryffindors. The monsters? <laughs> the, the, the janitor oh, monsters. The janitor monsters. Those guys are Hufflepuffs. Absolutely. No, no. There are no Hufflepuffs. Hufflepuff isn't real. Okay, yeah. neither. We're done. Hey, hey, we're done. Hey, we're done. Hey, we're literally hey, done. Money. I'm not. Hey, Ethan. hey, T baby. Neither are monsters, <laughs> <Donkey>. bud. <laughs> um, hey, Ethan. Yeah. Uh, literally in the minds of Moria, um, it says there's something down there. Uh, yes, it's Gollum. And then Frodo says Gollum. <laughs> And Gandalf says he's been following us for three days. And Frodo says he escaped the dungeons of Barad-dûr. And then Gandalf says escaped or let go. So Frodo does know that Gollum. So this is, is in the movie. Them. This is in the movie. Okay, I don't I know. Will send you the scene. That, no, you don't need to. I trust you. Well, I'm gonna send it anyway. Okay. You didn't trust me before. My, Mary, hey, Mary. When Clay, I told you, hey, Mary Clay. Of course, I trusted you. I did. No, it for you the, didn't. I did it for no, the. No, you I did didn't. It for the vine. You didn't believe vi- me. I did it for the vine. Well, this isn't a vine. Do it for the TikTok. Vine's dead. And you don't post on TikTok. So that means nothing. Who, me? Not I passed you. you on TikTok once You also one don't. <laughs> that one time. I comment For on three TikTok. months. Yeah. Sorry for maintaining a relatively healthy relationship with the social media platform. My bad, guys. <laughs> you know what I no, hey, Clay, You know what I've been doing is instead of reading, tic- or reading uh, posting TikToks is reading 118 books. I don't cool. have time to do anything else. People have asked me all year, hey, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? Why haven't you watched this? Oh my God, you haven't seen the second season of Outer Banks yet? No, I've been reading 118 books. I can't wait for y'all for it to be 2022 oh God, and for y'all to neither. just shut the fuck up about books. I don't think I'm oh ever going to shut up about books again, honestly. Nothing gives me more serotonin at this point than finishing a book. Nothing like, I'm happy. Better. I'm happy that everyone is exploring this love of reading this year. But like, I knew that this challenge when y'all were... When y'all are like, hey, we Mary Clay, want to join in on our book challenge? You said no. We invited you to like, participate. No. You said I know. no. I said no because I knew exactly. I was like, it's gonna get, it's gonna get weird, and 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 Ethan's gonna have a superiority complex, <laughs> and Ooh. Becca's not gonna talk to anyone because she's always reading. I mean, I don't actually and then Tyler have a superiority and complex. Are, I don't know how y'all are doing, but <laughs> we have we have jobs, Eni and I, so we're like way behind. <laughs> I resemble they that remark. They have day jobs. They have they have day jobs. <laughs> have day jo- I have to, to clarify. Go into work. I, I can't I can't read a book on the job. That must suck. <laughs> it does. Sorry, yeah. bro. Eni didn't for a long time. She was able to read at work, and she was wrecking us. Those are the old days. It's easier. Hey, it's easier for you to read at work than it is for me. <laughs> Sometimes it just depends. 
Mm. Not always. No, hey, have you ever tried? Have you ever tried editing a podcast and listening to an audiobook at the same time? It doesn't work. You also can't listen to an audiobook and talk to a pr- literal doctor at the same time. Sure, you can. <laughs> uh, let's go to the big board. Let's let's do some rap rap but, sauce. So here's the thing: I'm looking at a picture of the fellowship, and. Gimli, like we were talking about, because John Reese davies has a good, like naturally without effects, has a good foot on the hobbits, and that's how they appear in this picture. But the we talked about this on my podcast. The dwarves' proportions to uh, Bilbo in this movie are just not correct because there are, are a lot of points where Bilbo is the exact same height as them when they should at least be a foot taller. And it makes me very yeah, mad because they- then at that point... They like the CGI was useless. Where did it's they like, spend? Well, then what was the point of this CGI yeah. for the dwarves if you didn't even get all the proportions right? Where did they spend that potentially three hundred fifteen million dollars on? <laughs> Who cares? They made their money back threefold. Uh, just to recap the I scores, cares. I gave it a seventy-two. You think give it a fifty-nine? Rotten Tomatoes gave it a. Uh, that's the wrong score. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a sixty-four. Sixty-four. I gotta update that real quick. Uh, uh, Bilbo was in it for 73% of the movie and uh, Mary Clay gave it a uh, 75. Bacon and Eggs listener score is going to be under 60, I think. Nope. God, this is it is a 72. 72. That's okay. That's 72. Tyler's score. That makes sense to me. Yeah, it is Tyler's score exactly. Wow. It's because this is definitely... Because, okay, okay, so... An Unexpected Journey, out of the three of them, is the movie that follows most closely to the source material. Sure. And then the more you get into the other movies is where you're like, why are, (laughs) why, just why is this happening? And it starts to like, like that's when you can, and, and, and I had the same issue with the Lord of the Rings movies where I'd be like, I can tell where it deviates from the source material because it's just not as good. And and so I think um, what is this movie? Unexpected Journey. It, it definitely gets worse as it goes because we start out. With, it's a somewhat solid start, and had the other had the other two maybe been better, it w- it could have like saved everything. But you can't all be a. a uh, there's good in this world, Mister Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Yeah, you know. Well, I've got good news. This movie scores a 67.75, which is a 67.8 on the bacon and egg score, which rounds up to a 68. The only other movie at a 67.8 is High School Musical 3. See, here's the thing is like, does this, is this better than High School Musical 3? No. I've never seen High School Musical 3, so I have no, I have no. Use my Disney Plus login. Here's here's the thing about like that score and everything is that like I have a an instinct to want to like defend it and be like, oh, it's not that bad. And because I'm also I'm trying my darndest to not let like outside preconceived like opinions affect too much of like how I'm covering it and viewing it. I'm trying my darndest to like watch as much of it with an open mind. But then, like, I, I, re- I like, will watch it <laughs> or <laughs> I'll sit down and talk about it and be like, wait, no, no, that actually isn't 
That here's, actually is what I think. It's not, this is, it's this not is my prediction happen. nine hours of The Hobbit from now is this will exist as a decent enough, like literally nine hour chunk of media that you can watch at any pace you want. But as far as like watching it as three movies, it is nigh un- unwatchable. You know what I mean? Like it would be better no. if it was broken up into like 45 minute segments, like a TV show. Like it's just. Um, actually, I had John Negroni in our recording that won't come out till next week. He said he was like, I wonder if this would have been better the way that Peter Jackson envisioned like this story that he told in the three movies. He's like, I wonder if it would have been better as a TV show or a series. Truly, I think it's it's uh, I think Tyler's correct. I think if you watch it 45 minutes at a time, you'll enjoy it more. Yeah. If you watch it 45 minutes at a time once per week for nine weeks or whatever see throw throw out till october 19th just throwing out a random (laughs) date right yeah (laughs) till october 19th i think you'd enjoy it uh thoroughly more like if it came out on tuesdays and you watched you know we'll check back in you watched loki vision i on fridays you know it'd be much better my concern with covering them is that I don't think they have great rewatch value. And so I think over time, I'm really going to dislike them a lot more than I started out watching them. And it was the exact opposite with the Lord of the Rings movies where I grew to appreciate them more. I've got a prediction. At me. I've got a prediction. Okay. Okay. Tyler, take your headphones off because I know you don't listen to this stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> he doesn't listen to the show. Off, off. Take them off. Off your body so you can't hear anything. Are you making a prediction I'm about making, Tyler? Yeah. Uh, oh. Stop. Look away. Stop reading lips. Look away. Look down. Look down. You're standing in your grave. He looks so ashamed. Um, I think that he likes each one consistently better. Okay. And listeners, nobody tell him this. Okay. But I think he relate, rates them all better than this one. I think he continues to go up as we go on. That wouldn't surprise me. All right, I'm going to give him the thumbs up for when he finally looks back here, which is going to be never. I did not think this through. <laughs> let's just. Tyler. Let's just Tyler. see how long. Yeah, you. Yeah, you're good. You're good. And so that is why I think uh, having and a birthday party with the chief. theme Too Fast, yeah. Too Furious is the best birthday party you could have ever had for a two-year-old oh, child. I'm so bummed I can't come to your daughter's second birthday. I'm going to try, but I, I might I might. You've had one birthday, it. yes. What about, oh, what second, about second birthday? birthday? <laughs> that would be a fun birthday what party theme for a kid. Hey, that's actually kid. fucking cute. Luckily, he has another kid that's going to turn two eventually, and probably yes. a third one after okay. that, honestly. <laughs> I will personally <laughs> come and, and, and decorate and do everything for that party. That's a lie. If you go with the, what about second birthday? <laughs> Tyler, the minute Finn was that's born. So no, nah, I think we're done. <laughs> Tyler, a week later. Mm, just waiting on the third one, honestly. <laughs> I have to have a middle child. You gotta know, complete the set, right? You gotta, you gotta have yeah. a bed. <laughs> Every family needs a bed. Ben is more successful than either Jonathan and I. So, uh, this has been bacon and eggs. My name is Tyler Carlin. If you like this show and you want to listen to more like it, I highly recommend Unsobered. I was on that show some point in the future talking about Jin Urso from Rogue One. Uh, here's a preview for Unsobered right here. Hi, I'm Julia, the host of Unsobered, Badass Women of History and Literature, the podcast where I talk about the women that the history books, history classes, and the general public often overlook, or who just get a brief mention, but we never really know the whole story of their impact on the world we live in. On Unsobered, I share the stories and histories of these badass, amazing, and strong women, 
And while I tell you the history we don't get from traditional history classes, I get more and more drunk over the course of the episode. So join me to learn more about your favorite women or to find a new favorite woman that you didn't even know contributed to one of your favorite things with new episodes every other Friday. I know. Uh, Thank you for so much for joining us, Mary Clay Watt. Thank you uh, for do people, so much. Do you want people to find you on the internet? Um, I mean, there's only one Mary Clay Watt out there, so it's pretty hey, hard me to too. not find me on the internet. I'm the only one of me, too. <laughs> this is a fun fact about Tyler Carlin. There's me and a kid who brought a Nerf gun to his eighth grade class. So Congratulations. Which was also Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> it was not me. <laughs> hey, um, you know what else uh, Tyler Carlin did when he was in elementary school? He pooped his pants when he listened to the It's a Bit oh, Spider. Stop. Oh my god, I totally forgot that this happened. <laughs> well, okay, you want to know what's really, you want to know what's really dumb? So we had that whole conversation <laughs> and made subsequent jokes about it, and then in the literal next recording, I said, "I just don't think, I just don't think bathroom humor jokes are funny." <laughs> and you go back one week and we're making fun of you for pooping your pants. You know how little I remember people. Okay. So the listeners, listeners, viewers, I want to tell you something about the art of podcasting here. It's gone. You remember nothing. Once you, once you finish a podcast recording, your brain goes control C. I mean, sorry, control a control D empty recycle bin gone entirely. No files remaining. Move to trash gone right and then you go back to edit the podcast and you're like huh, wait a that minute thing i said was funny that thing i said I was swear funny. swear to god when you google me bacon and eggs comes up <laughs> and then the princess diaries featuring mary clay watt before even that's what i'm talking about you have you to click so the next page of google to get to my podcast we're not even like a bigger podcast than you at this point we like weekly probably pull in similar numbers oh hey i made a listicle in 2000 in july of 2002 when you I mean, 2020. when you google me you get my twitter oh, no, no, man. and then my instagram and then my facebook and then my foursquare well i mean you do get yeah let's see you get my twitter instagram linkedin TikTok. The first time YouTube, fi- the first time f- Oh, you get a Roanoke article medium. about get to know podcaster from Bacon and Eggs, our platinum award winner. I will never most savvy entrepreneur. <laughs> Tyler, I I just want to tell you it is it like as your as your best friend, as somebody that considers you a brother, as your your co-creator, I'm so proud of you for that. As the person that got forgotten in that article, it hurts my soul. <laughs> yeah, every excuse you. Day. I mentioned you like immediately. Like I know you did, and, and Tyler, I, I am forever grateful for that. But and, and like, it's one of those things where like you apologized, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you Google me, you get get to know Bacon and Eggs podcaster Tyler Carlin. What was what's and the name of their my, their my office? Grand- who the, who was the paper that did that thing? It was a magazine. It was the Roanoke. Uh, and then anyway. my Twitter, and then a bunch of images of actually uh, me. <laughs> oh, if you Google image me, what comes up? Uh, my current profile picture, my old profile picture, my profile picture before that, my business headshot, um, Tyler, my dad, uh, me on Foursquare, me on Twitter, the restricted section podcast cover art. You get, um, it's a whole bunch of pictures. It's from the weekend I went to go visit Maria Caloris in 
DC and we went to the cherry blossoms and I'm wearing a jean jacket and a yellow shirt and she was practicing like taking a couple pictures and so she got a couple nice pictures of me and then I also got some on my phone uh and so it's just like a whole bunch of variations of like that outfit in that weekend and then uh me at the cliffs of more uh the last fu- storytelling podcast week here's a fun fact when you google image me the last thing that comes up on the page is mary clay watt wait a minute <laughs> i have a picture of you yeah because we're, we're all on the uh your host no, no, but it's like your i'll s- i'll send you the screenshot i don't know and then same with what why are y'all why are you okay hang on so hang we're on. all on the I'll your host page on wbd.com or wbd.org so like i have you i have katrina yeah, no stop I have, this is the best picture the fourth picture when you google image search ethan edgehill is ethan's beardless headshot taken by mark graziano when he was selling life insurance followed up by ethan's four square picture in the cardigan freshman hall santoro one south yes Mary Clay Watt, twitter.com, Mary Clay Watt, twitter.com. These are pictures of <laughs> and me and Tyler. pictures of you and Tyler. There are current, Your current avatars, pictures. yeah. Which I took both of. <sighs> anyway. You took mine? Yeah, you did take mine. You didn't take anyway, my, yeah. Uh, there's another one of me that floats around that you did not take. Well, you haven't anyway, asked yeah, me to take a picture wanna, of you in a long time. If you want to hear more in-depth thoughts about the first Hobbit movie, um, you can listen to my podcast. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and I don't know if like next week we might be more on topic cause I haven't I, talked about that I, movie at all yet. I think so. we definitely will because I will, I've yelled about everything I'm going to yell about. I think Like I feel like I don't have, I don't really have like much to say about this first one other than like Martin Freeman's delight, uh, has a delightful performance, which they completely reworked the schedule around him because he was filming yeah. Sherlock at the time and he was their first choice and he had to turn it down and they're like well we want you so we're going to rework everything to have you I mean, yeah, and then the they must is, have been like you know what since you're shooting Sherlock right now why don't we get Benedict as well he's, yeah, can, he's can free. you get your tall friend yeah. <laughs> on to come in and the thing is around on the floor the, listeners the thing about the Hob- uh, the Hobbit colon and unexpected yeah. journey is the only mi- the only part of this movie that matters is the first 43 minutes which we talked about in oh, depth on, that's what I'm talking about you know what we did? I, I mean, it's too late now. We're at the end of the episode. We can do a we hash talk brown. about literally, I think, the thing that... You know, it's, it's what's so odd. The riddles in the dark scene with Gollum is like you... <laughs> it's almost like you, after reading or watching Lord of the Rings, you read or watch The Hobbit for that moment of like, this is how the ring came to be. Yeah. And it's such a huge moment. And they did a really, they they did did. a really good job of it in, in the movie. And I don't know how they made Gollum look still really good. And then everything else, all the other CGI is just crap. When they made Gollum look younger, but also recognizable. Yeah. Like, like it, look, they did a really great job with that scene. And it's just so odd to think that like, Looking back on this story, that's the part that like everyone I think mo- is most interested in. Is the riddle it's game? What, yeah. yeah, it's what ha- like puts everything into motion for the big story. But it's like such a subplot of a subplot in this book that it's a f- it's a five minute scene. It's crazy. Anyway, no, nah, but he devotes a lot of time to it in the book compared to everything else. Like it, it is a full chapter. Yeah, it takes up as much time as the Battle of Five Armies. Yes, which was yeah. an entire movie. Anyway, this has been an episode of Bacon and Eggs. Bacon and Eggs, a production of the WDB. <laughs>
this bacon been, and eggs is a this proud has been, production. I got this. I got this. This has been an episode of Bacon and Eggs, a movie lovers podcast. New episodes every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts now on Spotify. Audible. Bacon and Eggs is a proud production of the WBNE Podcast Network for more great podcasts like this. And that's what I'm talking about. Go to WBNE.org or search WBNE wherever you get your podcasts. Our art is by Vaishan Brandon, graphite.vmb on Instagram. Our music is by Andrew Scott Bell. Andrew Scott so Bell music.com. Our guest host today is Mary Clay Watt of That's What I'm Talking About. That's What I'm Talking About podcast. On behalf of Tyler Carlin, Mary Clay Watt, I'm Ethan Edgehill, and until next time, Arrivederci. An unexpected journey. <laughs>